Are we a rare life form, one of the only to exist in this vast universe? Or are there more that we have met or will meet? Stick around to find out whether we live alone in this universe or not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Information Junkie. Let's dive right into the episode. Firstly, we shall ask and answer the question, how rare are we? I mean, how many planets are out there that could harbor life? To put it bluntly, there are possibly 2 billion or more planets in our solar system that could sustain life. This number is determined by identifying various sun-like stars, and the results show that 22% of these stars have planets that are Earth-like. For reference, there are 100 billion stars in our galaxy. So, statistically speaking, this means that roughly 1 in 5 stars can sustain life. Additionally, the most common types of stars are red dwarfs, which also frequently have planets that are in the habitable zone of that star and can harbor life. Before we move forward, let's answer the question, what are habitable zones? Also known as the Goldilocks zone, this is an area around a star where conditions are quote-unquote perfect for life. This includes temperature, whether there's liquid water, and various other stipulations. In fact, while we're discussing this whole alien situation, we must remember that life on Earth took several billion years to develop to where it is today. And we might honestly be a statistical anomaly concerning the luck involved in the process. Interestingly, there's an equation called the Drake Equation, nothing to do with the Drake we know today, It states that n, the number of civilizations in the Milky Way galaxy whose electromagnetic emissions are detectable, is a product of various different variables, including the rate of formation of stars suitable for the development of intelligent life, the fraction of those stars with planetary systems, the number of planets per solar system with an environment suitable for life, the fraction of suitable planets on which life actually appears, the fraction of life-bearing planets in which intelligent life appears, the fraction of civilizations that develop a technology that releases detectable signs of their existence into space, and finally, the length of time such civilizations release detectable signals into space. Now, when we multiply all of these different variables, we find n. Now, none of these values are known with any certainty right now, which makes Predictions difficult for astrobiologists and extraterrestrial communicators alike. Okay, so now we arrive at the next logical question. If there is a fairly likely chance of life developing, where is it then? Where are all the aliens? Welcome to the Fermi Paradox. It asks that if alien life is plausible, then where is it? Before we think about solutions to the paradox, let's look at where this paradox actually originated from. The story goes that Italian physicist Enrico Fermi, known for creating the first nuclear reactor, came up with this theory as a casual lunchtime remark. Other people, including Michael Hart, then took up the paradox and um, developed it. Let's look at some of the possible explanations to the paradox. One theory involves the Kardashev scale of human civilization and assumes that there are other civilizations. The Kardashev scale was originally designed in 1964 by Nikolai Kardashev. So the scale 
classes civilizations as type 1, type 2, and type 3 based on their energy use. A type 1 civilization is given to a species who has been able to harness all the energy that is available from a neighboring star, gathering and storing it to meet energy demands for a growing population. The next step up um, is a type 2 civilization. It can harness the power of the, their entire star, not merely just transforming starlight into energy, but actually controlling the star. This is where um, things like a Dyson Sphere come into play as well, but that's for a different episode. But now, onto type 3 civilizations, where a species then becomes galactic traversers with knowledge of everything having to do with energy, resulting in them becoming a master race. Well, where are we on the scale? We're currently at a 0.72. Anyway, this theory involves advancing through these ranks. It also involves um, the extinction of any civilization who does manage to climb up these ranks. There is a quote-unquote great filter to cross. There are three possible explanations including this great filter. One, that the great filter is actually behind us. We are rare, like rare, rare, and we are the only ones to have made it across. It is often discussed that the starting of life in itself is a very complex thing. Um, so that could be one of the great filters, or it could be the jump from a simple prokaryotic to complex eukaryotic cells that may have been the filter. We don't know. Another possibility with the Great Filter is that it is behind us, but we're just the first to cross it. In this scenario, we're waiting for others. The Great Filter is ahead of us. That is the third scenario, and it is not looking good for us if that is the case. We're pretty much in big, big trouble if this turns out to be true. We would not be rare, and we would not be expected to make it past a certain point in our evolution. As a side note, life or the development of any life or signs of life on Mars could be potentially quite troubling for our future if we think in terms of alien life. That's because if we found any signs of life on Mars, simple life, that would cut out a great number of possibilities suggesting that the Great Filter is actually behind us. And if we found fossilized evidence of complex life on Mars, then we would almost certainly be sure that the Great Filter is ahead of us. Now, why is this Great Filter so important and or relevant to the Fermi Paradox? Perhaps only after we move up the ranks of the Kardashev scale will we have the capabilities to identify other civilizations, which is what makes it so um, interesting because once we move up the ranks, that's when we can colonize and do things. And crossing this Great Filter is a step in that. Other possibilities include, number one, aliens are broadcasting, but we don't know how to listen. So maybe there are alien civilizations, and they are broadcasting to find other intelligent life. However, we may just be not advanced enough to be able to pick up those signals, and therefore we're not able to detect or isolate these signals. The second half of this situation is that we are broadcasting, but aliens are too advanced to listen. So this means that we're currently, if we're broadcasting radio signals, aliens are not using that kind of technology to listen for potential intelligent life. It's like if you were sitting with a Morse code transmitter in your house and hoping that it would carry a message in today's day and age to anywhere else. It just doesn't work. 
The third, which is very interesting, could be that we're living in a simulation. Oxford philosopher Nick Bostrom believes that at least one of these three following statements is true. Humans are likely to go extinct before they become post-human and are able to create entirely simulated realities, i.e. an entirely simulated universe. A post-human civilization with the ability to run such a simulation would likely not run many simulations, and that's because of the immense amount of resources needed, and maybe the ethical considerations of the people in or the beings in the simulation. Or thirdly, that we are living in a computer simulation currently. Using a very clever logic and some mathematical fiddling, Bostrom concludes that the belief that there is a significant chance that we will one day become post-humans who run ancestor simulations is false, unless we are currently living in a simulation. Before you discredit any of this, uh, he's an Oxford philosopher speaking, so we should not be so quick to discredit it. One of the last solutions that I wanted to talk about is known as the zoo hypothesis. I'll have to give you an anecdote to explain it. The way it works is that we as humans uh, cage or control less developed life forms. For example, we build nature reserves and zoos for animals, which we consider to not have the same intellect as humans. Whether that is true or not, you decide for yourself, but that is what we do. Interestingly, in this scenario, it is expected that uh, an alien civilization with much higher intellect than humans is actually quote-unquote caging us um, and we're we can only see what they want us to see well we humans are honestly just waiting and watching to prove or disprove any of these theories okay guys that was all for today if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, and Pocket Casts. Please follow me on Instagram at The Information Junkie. And if you have any feedback, I would really appreciate to hear it. Thank you. Have a great day.